Welcome to the Rise Resolute Podcast. I'm your host, Gina Meyer, a doctor of physical therapy committed to helping people live healthfully, joyfully, and push past even their own expectations for their life. Hello, friends. I know that I may be coming to you this week at a time when you're feeling a bit weary. There is so much going on in our world right now, and many of us are faced with a lot of difficult emotions. But I invite you to step away from it all for a moment and enjoy this next interview. We're discussing things like empathy and softening our hearts, the fact that we're so much stronger than we think we are, both as a community and as a nation. And we even touch on remembering to enjoy life, that it's all about balance. It really is important not to get so wrapped up in all of the hard things that we forget to enjoy life. It is my pleasure to share with you this next interview, which personally comes to me at a time when I could use it most. So thank you for that, Ina. Here's the interview. It is my pleasure to have Ina Jones on the podcast today. She is a mom, a wife. She's a cervical cancer survivor. She's a massage therapist, and she's a personal trainer. I'm so excited to chat with her today. So welcome, Ina. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes, absolutely. Um, Before we get started, Ina, will you give the listeners a little background on who you are and um, a little bit about your, um, where you grew up, your life, et cetera? Sure. Um, So I'm 45, just turned 45 last month. um, And um, currently in Houston, I think pretty much have been in Texas most of my life. Um, I actually was born in South Korea, Seoul, South Korea, um, and, but came over with my mother when I was four. Wow. Um, so uh, I, I guess you would, you know, uh, call us immigrants. Um, my dad was um, in the military. So uh, when he was stationed in uh, Fort Hood, Texas, we came over and uh, that's where I grew up for most of my childhood and uh, until, you know, I got married and moved away. Um, but currently in Houston um, and uh, trying to stay healthy with uh, between all the, the COVID cases rising and just trying to stay healthy um, period with everything else that's going on. Yeah, absolutely. I know it's been such a crazy time. And I know that these times are um, calling us to be um, more than we ever thought we'd have to be in terms of, um, you know, kind of getting through. So I'd love to hear some of your insight. I know you were sharing with me um, one of your mantras, and I'll have you share that in a little bit that I think is pretty amazing and very helpful during these crazy times. But um, let us in on a little bit of, you know, what you've experienced and what you've gone through, um, both in your struggle with cervical cancer, but also just um, in these, these current crazy times? Sure. So um, I got diagnosed with uh, cervical cancer when uh, in my early 20s. I had um, I have three children, um, two which are uh, completely grown now um, in their 20s. And then um, one who's still at home. She's 15, soon to be 16. Um, but with my um, cervical cancer, I got diagnosed with that when my two oldest were only about two or three years old. Oh, wow. um, so about tw- uh, over 20 years ago. Um, and it was to me when I got that call, it was um, a, a death sentence for, for the most part, you know, um, 
I was never really keen on um, or, or kept up with going to doctors or anything like that. And so uh, when I went to, um, you know, my doctor's appointment, uh, routine checkup, and, you know, I got the call that it was abnormal. They did tests and, and he came back and he told me that. And, you know, so back then, you know, 20 plus years ago, you know, Google wasn't what it is now. Um, so it wasn't as if I could research, you know, all the success stories. So all I had to go on was him saying, you know, only one in uh, four people survived this. Oh, my gosh. And that's within, what he told you. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and, you know, within seven years, you'll be dead. And in between that time, you know, you'll never have a child. And, um, you know, and if by some miracle you happen to live past seven years, you know, again, you'll never be able to have a child. So it was scary. It's you know, unreal. I'm in my early 20s. Yeah. I'm, you know, um, raising um, toddlers and I, it was just heartbroken, you know, and, and I just... I stopped going to the doctor for quite a while after that. Every day was a struggle, you know, and then that's really where my um, eating habits uh, started to change for the worse. Um, so I really had a really bad relationship with food. Um, and, you know, people always say, well, you know, were you an emotional eater? Um, I just ate all the time. It didn't have anything to do. I ate when I was bad. I ate when I was happy. I ate, you know, if I had good news, bad news, it, it was just food was always there as a comfort for me. Um, so that was pretty much, you know, my 20s. Um, and anytime I got pregnant after that, it was a miscarriage. And so it really solidified what the doctors had told me. Gotcha. And so what happened in the way of treatment, Ina, um, in terms of, you know, what happened after you were diagnosed? So I actually didn't, again, you know, I didn't want to go to doctors anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. So I didn't, re I re didn't receive treatment, um, for a long time. I was under the thing of, you know, what's the point. Right. Um, so after he gave me that diagnosis, I bolted out of there and I was like, I'm never going back. I don't want to know, you know, uh, if I'm going to die tomorrow or a year from now, I don't want any treatment um, that will get my hopes up and then it'll fail. Um, but by, you know, a miracle, I actually, uh, again, like I said, I, I kept having miscarriages. But then um, in my 30s, I actually uh, got pregnant with my youngest daughter. And she was truly a miracle baby. Um, I didn't expect it to last, um, but somehow it did. And that was in, you know, 2003, she was born in 2004. And it was actually during that time after I delivered her, um, I had the sweetest doctor at that point, um, had moved to a different city. And um, he said, we can treat you after, you know, you deliver. It's too dangerous right now um, to do anything, you know, because she's, you know, in the uterus and all that. Um, so as far as treatment, you know, I got, um, I had to go back a few different times. It was, you know, lasers and um, getting things, pro you know, the cells frozen off and, and things of that nature. Um, of course, a lot of, you know, medicine and, um, 
but I'm really thankful that, um, I, you know, for the, uh, I guess the miracle that, that happened, you know, right. um, I was literally counting down the days or the years, I should say. Um, and now I look up and I was like, wow, that's been over 20 years, you know? Um, so once my daughter was born, it was a second lease at life. You know, yeah. I was, um, she was, she was that miracle baby that I guess that kick in the butt that I needed to be like, Hey, everything's going to be okay. Um, so at that point, um, and since then, um, you know, I've been trying to make a change for the better as far as my health has been concerned. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. What an awesome gift too, that came to you, um, in the, in the form of your little daughter. That's, that's yep. such an incredible thing. So, um, yeah, so take us fast forward now. I know that going through all of that obviously required you to develop just so much inner strength and perseverance and, you know, knowledge of yourself and all of that. Um, fast forward for us, you know, to, to, to COVID hitting now, and then we'll get into some of the other things that, you know, the social justice and the, and the press for that as well. But fast forward to that and, and tell me how going through what you went through in your 20s um, and enabled you to handle some of the things we're facing now. Sure. Um, so it's all, I believe right now, um, you know, as I said, once uh, my daughter was born and it made me really change my outlook on, um, you know, health and fitness and just, you know, life itself. Um, and it wasn't, you know, and, and I toyed around with um, different diets and fads and, and, and all of that. And um, it was when she was in middle or in elementary school, um, you know, I got a, kind of got called out about, hey, participate, participate by her PE teacher. And, you know, I was just too overweight, too tired, couldn't do anything. So that was kind of the, the gut punch I needed um, to get off these yo-yo diets and actually be serious about it. And, um, and I think that kind of transfers to COVID. You know, people are, you know, so a lot of people don't take it seriously until they get a, you know, a gut check. Yeah. You know, they have a friend or a loved one. Um, or someone close, maybe someone they go to work with or someone who, you know, they go to school with has been diagnosed um, or test positive. And, you know, I guess my message would be, you know, don't wait for it to, for that gut punch, you know, don't wait for it to hit so close to home. And throughout my, you know, later part of my life, I've seen where just having a good immune system, just being healthy, just being, you know, active, I'm not talking about being some sort of, you know, crazy fitness star, but just being active right. and conscious of your own health um, has really helped not only my life, um, but also, you know, my daughter. Um, she's had, uh, you know, my miracle baby, you know, and, and, and I was so in love with that. But she had to struggle with, you know, asthma and epilepsy. And my other daughter, who's in her 20s now, she struggles with autoimmune. So, um I have people in my family and, and in my little bubble who would be categorized under the, the, the special groups, you know, um, the underlying cause or the underlying cases um, or health conditions. So I have to be really careful of where I go and, you know, what I do and um, or what we do as a family. Um, and I think that 
you know, just overall, we're a selfish society, you know, me included. Um, so we don't tend to think about people outside of our bubble, right? you know, and, and that's whether it's, you know, social justice, that's whether it's COVID, that's whether it's just everyday life, you know, we don't tend to think of people outside of our bubble. And that's, I really truly believe that that's what's causing these rising cases, you know, because we have all of these holidays that are coming, uh, that uh, just passed, whether that was Memorial or July 4th. And, you know, we have, of course, we're um, in the summer now, and everybody's just thinking about, hey, I got to go to the beach or, hey, I got to go to this pool party. I want to, you know, enjoy the summer sun um, without thinking about if I don't social distance from someone or if I don't take safety precautions for myself, then I can possibly spread it to not only, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, but Mr. and Mr. Smith can pass it on to their loved ones who you know, fall into those special groups or yeah. categories. Yeah, I love this connection you make. I, I think it's so great. Like, I, I'm sorry, finish your thought, but I, I want to talk more about this connection you make. Go ahead. No, no, that was it. It's just, you know, we have to not just think about, you know, people outside of our immediate bubble, not just that next person, but then who that next person would come in contact with. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, what I was going to say is that I, um, I really love the connection you make here to thinking outside of your bubble, not just for COVID and, you know, preventing the spread and thinking of people who are more vulnerable, but also for social justice. Oh my gosh, such a powerful way to frame it that we need to get outside of our bubble. We need to, to seek new perspectives and understanding and, and be aware that there, the world is a big wide open place. And there are so many people with so many exactly. different needs and views and backgrounds and things that they've been through that we know nothing about. Um, so I love that connection. And I would, I think that that connection also would just go for life as well, Ina. You know, if we could all just move away from only looking at our little world and try to open our minds to the bigger world, gosh, what a better place it would be, you know? Oh, definitely. Um, so very cool connection. I haven't heard that one before. And I think it's a really awesome piece of insight for people to take away as we continue to navigate these times. So thank you for that. Um, I know that everyone is, um, speaking of social justice, I know that everyone um, or many, many of us are really wanting to get involved and to do our own part to make a difference. And I wondered if you have any insight on strategies that you've been using or that you would suggest for people who are feeling a little overwhelmed because it's hard to know where to begin on what to do with um, trying to really make a positive change and in this push for justice. Right. Um, and it, again, it goes out, it goes with, you know, going outside of your bubble, but also, you know, starting at home, everything, you know, it, it sounds cliche and you see it all the time, you know, um, undoing racism starts at home yeah. and it, it, it really is the truth. So you have to really examine, um, yourself and, and the thing is no one is immune to it just because you're, you know, a person of color doesn't mean that you're immune to racism and it doesn't mean that you're, you know, that you don't also have work to do. And that's what we did as a family, you know? So what we're doing as a family, um, is we're, you know, trying to get outside of our um, everyday norm. So it's not just about you know, supporting, um, but it's a good start, supporting black businesses, of course. Um, it's 
that's on the the big uptick right now. Right. Um, but also just education. So educating yourself on whether that's through different movies or or books, you know, legislation, whatever the case is, just educate yourself on, you know, things that you may not be familiar with um, in regards to, you know, how our country was founded. Uh, the thing, you know, social just justice systems um, or legislation that's in place right now and things that you can help to do um, to move things forward as far as um, in government. But also uh, evaluate yourself. Um, are there things out there or are there things that you're doing um, individually or even as a family um, or as a couple that uh, is racially biased? You know, um, think about the conversations that you have, the jokes that you let fly, the people that you associate with that also do that. Again, getting and again, it gets you outside of your little bubble. So maybe, you know, you're the that perfect person that doesn't say anything um, racially discriminating. Maybe, you know, you, you have love for everybody and you don't do anything. Um, but what about your friends? What about your coworkers? You know, what about your family members that may have said or done something that isn't quite right? Um, and how active are you in your community? You know, are you just in your little, you know, elite bubble? Um, or have you stretched outside of that? You know, it's, it's so easy to patronize a black business. It's so easy to sign up for a silent protest or um, do a march, or write your congressman, um, you know, some of those things. But it's also easy to get a, a different perspective um, and just watch a movie like um, The 13th, about the 13th Amendment was one of the movies that we just, uh, as a family, watched. Marshall, about Thurgood Marshall, was another movie that we just watched recently. But just different movies and books. There's a lot of social activists out there. Um, you can probably Google just about anything you want to know. Um, but I would say that it, it starts at home. And then once you start doing that, reevaluating yourself, your home structure, then just keep moving that, that bubble a little bit further out, a little bit further out, a little bit further out. Yeah. And the most important thing is just empathy. You know, you may not know what, you know, that person is going through. Um, that person of color is going through. Um, you may never have experienced it. Um, but just to have empathy, just to say, you know, what if that was me? What if that was my child? I um, mean, I think that that, just thinking of it that way would, you know, I would hope would soften a lot of people's hearts. Absolutely. Yeah, so much good stuff here. I love um, that you talk about um, the call to action, kind of asking yourself, how active are you really? You know, you can you can preach these things and, and do these kind of check these boxes, but really asking yourself, how active am I in my community? How am I actively working? And, you know, this is, again, it, it, it generalizes to life too. We always need to be pushing ourselves to grow and learn and, you know, do new things. And especially in this, exactly. in this push for social justice, if we can continually ask ourselves those things, ask ourselves the hard questions, push ourselves to continue growing, get active in our community and be empathetic. Oh my gosh, such great advice. Um, I love the advice for movies too. I have four kids and I feel like sometimes watching, watching a movie can help a child sort of internalize it a little better. 
Um, so I like that idea too. We watched Glory in our house this past weekend, um, and boy, that really that really hit home for my boys. And you know, I think it was a really good conversation starter for a conversation that you know might not have happened otherwise. Um, so right, I think that's exactly. yeah, I think that's such great advice as well. Well, thank you so much for um, coming on and just giving your perspective. I think you know the more perspectives that we can get, the more we can open our mind. Um, you know, the better off we're going to be um, through all of this. So I really appreciate it, Ina. I'm going to give you the chance to um, throw out any other um, words of advice, insight, positive vibes, and then we're going to move into my positivity push uh, to close out the episode. So is there anything else you want to put out there now? Um, and then we'll and then we'll close. Um, I think it, it would just be with uh, a mantra that I've told myself throughout, you know, my life. Um, good times and bad. You're stronger than you think you are. Um, and that goes for you as an individual, that goes for uh, your family, um, your uh, friends, your social group, but also I think um, as a community and as a nation, we're stronger than we think we are. I know things look, you know, dim at, at certain points, whether it's with COVID or whether it's with, you know, the social justice things that are happening. Um, but if we actually just get together and as you said, just be active, whether that's physically active, whether that's active uh, in your relationships, um, active in educating ourselves, active in, you know, being a positive voice for the community, active with our government. We can come out of just about anything, um, just believing in our strength. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this falls on me. It must be at a good time because I got a chill and a little teared up. But and I've heard this, I've heard this quote many times, but it is so true. And I think maybe it'll fall on people today when they hear this episode and um, they'll remember how strong they really are and how strong we are as a people. Um, we're all brothers and sisters and we are all stronger together than we than we really believe. So I or we might know. So thank you so much for that. Um, are you ready to go into the positivity push? Just a few quick little questions to wrap up the episode. Are you ready? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, all right. First, Ina, give me a couple simple things in your life that bring you joy. Um, my, my 15 year old daughter, her cheesy joke, um, <laughs> which are pretty corny, um, not to be, uh, unrivaled against my husband's cheesy joke. <laughs> um, um, also my, um, uh, brand new niece, uh, she gives me a lot of joy. My grandson, he gives me a lot of joy and, um, always food. Food always gives me joy too. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Um, awesome. Okay. So the next two are complete the sentence and this is going to go out to anyone who will be listening to this podcast. Um, and, uh, just a positive vibe for them. So complete this sentence, Ina, never forget, never forget, uh, what you've accomplished, uh, previously. Yes. And hopefully that will help get you through this tough time. Oh, so powerful. It's true. Sometimes when we get all wrapped up and overwhelmed, we forget to look back and sort of remember how far we've come, you know? Exactly. And uh, yeah, so that's very powerful. I love it. Um, okay, last one. Complete this sentence. You can. You can. Um, 
you can eat a piece of cake too. <laughs> yes, you can eat the cake. <laughs> I love it. You um, can eat the cake. <laughs> and to me, that's that we can still make time to for joy, right? Um, the things exactly. that bring us joy, even when things are heavy, even when there's so many problems that we're facing in our world and potentially in our lives as well. You can still eat the cake, people, from time to time. Unless you're a diabetic, then be very careful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then, then get a diabetic version. But yeah, just just enjoy life. It's, it's all about balance. Of course, there's, you know, uh, there's hard, we have to do the hard things, right? We have to do the hard things when it comes to our health, when it comes to COVID, when it comes to social justice. But let's not get so wrapped up in all the hard things that we forget to just enjoy life. <sighs> So powerful and poignant and a perfect way to end the episode. So thank you so very much for coming on today. And um, I, I know we'll stay in touch and hopefully continue to collaborate. But thank you again, Ina. Thank you. And thank you for being with us today, friends. I hope you'll be reminded that there is still joy to be found and that it's okay to step back for a moment and still appreciate those beautiful things in your life. Ina also beautifully pointed out the power of empathy. And so I'd like to close with a piece about empathy by Morgan Harper Nichols. And it's this. Let me hold the door for you. I may have never walked a mile in your shoes, but I can see that your souls are worn and your strength is torn under the weight of a story I have never lived before. So let me hold the door for you. After all you've walked through, it's the least I can do. Go out there, my friends. Be empathetic and find the joy. Who can you hold the door for today? Connected, we can rise. When you fall.